0: All right, Kev, On from my favorite week of the entire season, the opening week, the Sony, getting it going, to now literally my least favorite week of the entire year, the Amex Classic, starting with the hangover from the Sony, getting our first eliminations, people getting a taste of of, uh, some of the highs and lows of this pool, and then I'm sure we'll get into it, but in my opinion, the worst tournament of the entire year coming up. What do you think? Yeah.
1: Tough, um, tough first week for the survivor pool. You know, it had been <laughs> a lot of guys, um, a lot of guys near the top not making the cut it was uh, a little frustrating, but you know, that's how these, these things go. You know, you take, um, it's going to happen a lot. So, uh, you know, just kind of maybe the original excitement for the season checked a little bit, but just got to reset, you know, come back strong here. And, uh, and try to do your best at this uh, this second tournament
0: here. Yep, that's right. And that's a pretty good segue. And let's start off, with and, and how we'll probably do this tonight. Well, let's, we'll take a little time to recap the Sony, our, our thoughts on some of the picks, um, the play over the weekend, what we liked, what we didn't like. And then we'll get into the Amex. Uh, it is a weird format, which we'll get into, but previewing not only the format, but uh, some of the golfers that are there in that and who we should be watching. We may hear from a, a special guest later on. And uh, if we do that, we'll finish off with um, um, some quick betting tips of the week. Uh, But let's start off recapping the Sony. And in an unprecedented, crazy uh, first week, some carnage where the top three chalk picks go down, miss the cut. One of them in absolutely historic fashion with Jordan Spieth. I think it was the first time since 1965 where somebody that shared the lead on day one missed the cut on day two pretty pretty spectacular stuff
1: yeah so when that happened when that happened with speed actually i was I was texting with a couple other guys who were not not in the pool at all but some, one of them texted uh in a group chat that i'm in and just add, he, he was like oh how many people in the in the pool had speed and i didn't realize what had happened at the time i had seen the day before that he was first round leader and then i went to check and saw that he missed the cut after that that great first day which I, i've never seen before like i told you before um so yeah tough <laughs> tough break there and then of course probably the two biggest chalk picks tom kim and um sung jay both missing the cut uh um so a lot of a lot of entries falling out on there although i i liked um you know in our in our pool here we there was a nice like sort of mix of picks there was a lot not a ton of people on any one guy it was sort of spread out which was um you know kind of nice and interesting to see
0: yep and some deep cuts too um you know i like i saw brendan todd which is a, a great cut i saw stewart sink i saw somebody from the senior tour which i didn't think i would see but you know people are doing their research here and i just want to hit you know speaking of the chalk and taking the chalk i think you know, this is obviously very frustrating if, if you're one of these guys who took Sung Jay or, or Tom Kim and, and, you know, you're out in the first week. But here are some stats for you Tom Kim, uh, top three in approach, the first two days of this tournament, dead ass last in putting. And as I've remarked a few times, it takes something truly special to be the closest to the hole and still be the worst putter of the entire week. And if you're following, uh, you know, on some of the feature group or on the broadcast as I was or looking at the shot track, it was ridiculous. This dude, it felt like he was inside 15, 10 feet, almost every single approach into the green and just made absolutely nothing. And that's, you know, we sort of touched upon it a couple of weeks ago. Putting is just super volatile but when you're getting ball striking stats like that and Sungjae sort of same story in that same category, but when you're getting ball striking that strong, you would just have to stick with it. I know it's tough after a miscut, but that just can't happen like that over and over and over. These guys are just too good to to have, you know, that type of bomb come from the greens.
1: For sure. And um, yeah, it's the ultimate sort of like trust the process over a larger sample size. Right. And we said it in the past, but, the, but that's, some of the most frustrating stuff that you'll see right like you'll and i was watching personally i had uh you know not in our pool but in the one that you and i do i had both tom kim and sung jay and it was like watching the same player just birdie putt after birdie putt and they'll just roll it inches by the hole you know right they had the right speed it was like a foot or two by and uh just couldn't hit the hole so uh that's gonna happen every once in a while you know and um you just got to accept it and sort of move on. But that's uh, that can be definitely one of the more frustrating things for sure.
0: Yep. Yeah. A couple of really quick hitters here to, to wrap up the Sony and then, and then move on from it. I noticed uh, at least watching the broadcast and for maybe those guys, those people who don't um, watch golf as much, you're, it's going to be very rare that on par fives you're going to see, see guys hitting the green from fairway bunkers or from the deep rough or from uh, the, you know obstructed lies going over trees. Those guys that that ended up making the cut, uh, especially those guys that ended up winning, just absolutely killed the par fives. Just you know, birdie being you know the sort of cap for, for for their expectations there. And then my other thing was, I'm starting to think if you get untucked, uh, JJ Spawn, we got to be comparing them with like golf cart Tiger Woods here, and <laughs> it's sort of like superhero powers. Like, but again, like you know, top three first 3 days untucked and then wraps it up for Sunday and buttons it up like come on man
1: like yeah, it's working do you think think he's uh maybe creeping into your top 5 of all of uh on the whole tour you know untucked that's, that's right. untucked version of course
0: untucked AJ um,
1: yeah, I wanted to get a few shout-outs here from the past week. Um, as you said, some people sort of reaching deep down the board. Very impressive to see. Uh, I wanted to give a shout-out to to SJ Petirudi and uh, Dylan Malcolmson, both picking the the winner there in uh, Siwoo Kim. So, very impressive. And shout-out to you for picking it on the pod last week. You know? so That's I right. They listened, you know. Please start and uh, following you. another another shout-out to you. that You had, I believe, across the two pools, five five different players make the cut. So very, very impressive stuff there. And, um, you know, if you've ever played DraftKings, uh, PGA, um, if you haven't, I don't recommend it. It's not (laughs) very difficult. But basically the idea there is you're trying to pick six guys, and if they all make the cut, you're going to probably do very well in that tournament. And I can tell you, I've been playing for years, and I've never had a lineup make all six make the cut. So it's very difficult to pick that many guys who who make it through. So uh, congrats there.
0: Yeah, this is a uh, this is a pretty good glimpse into why this is just super tricky. Sometimes it doesn't matter how safe you try to play it; like you can always just hit a, a, a landmine, and that's that's a wrap. Um, all right, cool. I- I'm great. Moving on from the Sony, let's get in to a little bit and start talking about the Amex. As I sort of said, my least favorite tournament of the entire year. And I'll, I'll get into why more specifically, but I got to just wrap up the entire weekend coming up with John Rahm's comments from last year. He had some very, very, very strong opinions. I actually have it written down because I want to make sure I get it verbatim because he, he did put it so eloquently. Piece of shit fucking set up putting contest week. He also said that was on the course and that's verbatim. He also said in the press conference after it doesn't matter where you hit the ball. You can hit the green from anywhere. And he also commented that sometimes he was missing the fairway by an inch and it was worse than missing the fairway by 25 yards. And that's where he is. And, uh, you know, he obviously came back to play, so he doesn't hate it too, too much, but that, that is the story of this week. I, I hate this week. It's another very tricky week for picking guys, uh, because it is uh, a very easy weekend. It it is a pro-am although not your celebrity pro-am, sort of your like rich financial people pro-am for the first three days, which are played on three different courses. um, And, and yeah, it, it is an overall easier setup, um, which lends itself to a lot of volatility and means if your stud doesn't play his A game um, because everybody can go low, you know, those type of guys get cut and it just makes for, uh, you know, some, some tricky picking.
1: For sure, yeah. So, um, yeah, a little different this week. Uh, these Some of these are tournaments earlier on in the year have a little bit sort of weird format. So because there are three different courses, each one of these guys will play each course uh, once on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, which means there will not be a cut un- until after Saturday's round once all players have gotten a chance to play uh, all three courses. Um, as you mentioned, very easy setup. The uh, most difficult of the three courses is the stadium course. Um, but not by a lot. That's um, that's the one that all the guys will play on Sunday. And as you mentioned um, pro am setup, up. So all the golfers will be matched up with, uh, you know, a, an amateur to play with there. And um, as you mentioned, and as John Rom <laughs> mentioned um, super easy setup to cater towards those amateur golfers, if that makes sense. So um, these guys are going to be playing six plus ra- hour rounds. Uh, so patience is going to be a big part of uh, what what happens here, if that makes sense. So these guys are used to playing you know, pretty fast at a super high level. And now that they're paired up with these guys that are obviously much worse than them, they're going to have to be waiting around a lot uh, in between shots. So uh, factor that in sort of how you would like to. It's sort of tough to quantify that, but definitely a little different sort of wild card um, aspect to this tournament for sure
0: yep so kev mentioned it we got three courses um we got the stadium course we got the nicholas course and then la quinta uh and and as kev mentioned all the guys will play all three um it'll be cut down on saturday and then sunday it'll be played at the stadium course uh here's why i hate this tournament so much the the coverage sucks so 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 much um I, i don't know how everybody digested the sony if they did um, it was in a great time zone. So you could actually watch some primetime golf. But but for those who don't, there is uh, you know, like something like a shot tracker online, uh, usually on the PGA tour site where you can see, you know, sort of a short a shot by shot. Um, you know, what yard did your guy hit off the tee, what is what his uh, you know, birdie putt is going to, to be from, et cetera. Um, this tournament does not have that or traditionally does not have that uh on the first two courses, the the Nicholas and the La Quinta, the easier of the two. Um, it has the shot tracker and some groups being followed on the stadium only uh that makes for some very frustrating following uh in terms of how you want to digest this and follow your guy because you you know you just won't know how he's playing really you 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 know you'll see that he has made par on a hole or made birdie on a hole, but you know you're not going to know if all of his pars are from inside ten feet and he's playing fantastic and maybe you have some hope going into you know the rest of the week or not. Um, and that is really some of the fun for it, for me, at least is following these guys and to not have that opportunity just is uh, it's a long ass weekend that I like to just get through with as little damage as possible and and
1: move on for sure. And I, I think that's a great point. And it's something that the PGA tour needs to do a much better job in general is, um, You know, they say they make comments a lot that they're sort of sort of catering more towards um, betting and gambling and all these pools and things which are becoming increasingly more popular um, in the sport of golf. And if that's true, though, you've got to sort of back it up with like, you know, some lives coverage of these guys that you want to see and uh, and there's really no reason why there shouldn't you shouldn't have the option to follow around a golfer that you want to follow around and, and track at least at the very least have shot tracker uh, so if they you're not getting live video you're at least able to follow how they're doing on a hole by hole and shot by shot basis for sure
0: yep and, and what sort of makes it shitty is um that the field is kind of stacked um you, you know we're going to get uh, nine of the top 20 uh, in this tournament and, and a bunch of other notable names as well. Um, you know, 10 of the top 20 here, you know, we're going to have John Rahm, Cantley, Finau, Scheffler, uh, Jay Im, Zalatoris, Tom Kim, Cam Young, Sam Burns, and Xander Shoffley. Uh, and, and then some other big names as well. Uh, you know, we'll see Ricky Fowler play for the first time. We'll see Justin Rose, um, Jason Day, some other big names, um, so it is a star-studded field, but like I said, unfortunately, you're only going to see these guys on one of the courses, and then sometimes on on Sunday. Um, pretty good missed opportunity. Um, going into the the stats that should correlate into some success, w- given the the layout, um, we're again sort of neutralizing the bombers a, a little bit because of the the shorter fairways and the shorter course overall. Um, we're always looking for strokes gained approach uh, on, on these types of courses where you know, you're sort of going to be getting uh, guys taking less than driver to, to hit a fairway, to hit into a, uh, to a green. I've also read that these greens are smaller. So the stats that you're going to want to look for are not so much putting, but more so the the short game around the greens, because these are really small greens. You're going to see guys miss more greens, but miss them, you know, extremely close to, to hitting them. Uh, that was extremely eloquently put, but, you know, we're, we're going to be dealing with chipping toward the hole and, and putting from there. So maybe looking a little less at putting stats, a little more to short game. And, and again, to those ball striking numbers, uh, trying to to increase, obviously, proximity to the hole um, to make some birdies in, in a birdie fest type tournament.
1: For sure, yeah. Always uh, a big importance placed on approach and then around the green when these guys are missing the green is also very important. A um, couple trends I saw that I read. Uh, if you are looking to... Getting to, into betting some outrights for some of these picks or first-round leaders or whatever it is you're getting into, um, I saw that 12 of the last 13 winners at this tournament did play in one of the two previous Hawaiian events that we've seen, so either the Tournament of Champions or the uh, Sony that we saw last week. And nine of the last 10 winners uh, have played this event before, so that it was not their first time um, playing in this tournament. And I think that that – I think – um that sort of makes sense when you think about what we talked about in terms of like the amateur aspect the having to deal with these guys on the course and watching them hit these bad shots and a lot of waiting around there's it's just it's a different sort of feel i think for a lot of these guys and to have gone through that at least once if not multiple times um i think is is there's some merit to that and um but as you mentioned, the field the field is really strong. So um, hopefully what we see is sort of like the, the cream rise to the top, hopefully. And uh, when we do get some coverage on Sunday, you get to see some of the top players in the world um, sort of battle it out there. So that's what I'm hoping for.
0: Yep. And if you're going to watch, I, I think this will look similar to the Sony in a way. Th- this does have the easiest par fives uh, on tour o- overall uh, of any tournament. Um, it also has the uh, highest birdie percentage if you hit the fairway. So when you do watch, you are going to be seeing guys uh, tuck it in tight and make shots and go low. Um, you know, so despite the the kind of crummy coverage, what, when there is, you're going to be watching some of the best players in the world play uh, a course that really they can really show out at. Um, all right, Kev, full disclosure, we were going to have a special guest on tonight. Uh, he, he can't join us, but we need and will get him on. Uh, I don't want to give away who it is, but I'll just tell you that he's got the most money invested so far. So we want to get him in here before he busts out and, you know, we got to start mortgaging some, some properties. Um, but instead I, I thought we should take some time. Let's, let's go through a little brainstorming of, uh, you know, what we were thinking last week, how that got us to where it got us maybe talk for just a couple seconds about, uh, you know, who we're thinking about picking this week, maybe some, some, uh, some different strategies. And then I definitely want to end since we're so hot right now with some of our bets and see if I can, uh, I can, I can get another one. Um, so for me, uh, I can go super quick. Cause we actually discussed these guys on the podcast last week. I, w- I went Russell Henley, I went Corey Connors, and then I went Taylor Montgomery and uh, Henley and Connors. We sort of discussed extensively, but for me, just not two guys that I probably wouldn't trust on a lot of the easier tracks. So if I can get them on a shorter track where, uh, you know, maybe some of their flaws aren't as, aren't as exposed that, that was my risk there. And it paid off. They both have some good history too. And then Taylor Montgomery is a guy, I think, you know, he, he showed it last week. He's got a ton of game, um, a rookie on the tour. And for me, I sort of, I guess we'll sort of talk about this. I have like a type of golfer I like, and I, I just am reliable on and he fits the build. He's just a big, strong, young, long hitter, uh, incredibly high ceiling, some definite volatility. But my thought process was if I can sneak him in on an easier field where maybe some of the highs of his game can thrive a little easier on an easier course where he can maybe outdrive some of the trouble um that would work and, and thankfully it did he he went very low the, last, the first couple of days and, and you know trailed off a little bit to not really be in contention to win but um a ton of game and thankfully i was fortunate to to go three for three and and, and i hope to continue that same luck uh, going forward
1: yeah montgomery was uh was nice to see i didn't know very much about him honestly coming into last week's tournament um but definitely a guy i'll be keeping my eye on yeah he finished um finished minus 12, you know, top 15 finish. So he had a great week and he is playing again this week. So uh, maybe somebody to take a look at if you were looking for somebody to take for this week as well. A um, couple other notable guys. I know um, Chris Kirk was a name that I, 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 I said this to you before we started recording, but um i heard his name come up quite a bit um just from different people that i listened to and i i wanted to take him personally and just didn't pull the trigger so kind of uh kicking myself for not hitting there and then um a couple other guys who did well i know i remember you saying jt poston was a guy you were kind of disappointed with i forget if that was that that must have been determined that was century yeah yeah. Um, and he had a sort of a nice bounce back week last week. So that was nice to see. Um, and again, yeah, a bunch of young, like good, um, good players. Nice to see them sort of um, make a nice, you know, first stride in that first week. So, um, yeah, you want to talk about some outlets?
0: Definitely, definitely, and, and it's good because my my outrights this week, you know, I sort of break them down always into, you know, the the favorites, the the chalk picks, um, you know, sort of maybe a, a couple mid tier, and then just a couple bombs for fun, and thankfully my my uh, favorites this week fit the mold of the golfer that I just described that I like very much and, and are two of my favorite golfers to watch personally, just watch play, and it's uh Tony Finau and Cam Young. And they'll both be making sort of their their tournament debut. Cam Young, especially for me, might be the the golfer that I like, just like watching the most. And he's just got so much dynamic power. Um, He's obviously got sort of an unorthodox swing with that pause at the top of his driver, a little bit like Matsuyama. Um, But I love watching him play, just a young stud, stallion, a lot of game. And Finau, uh, again, another big dude, hits the ball a ton. Um, but on an easier course, hopefully can, can go low. Um, and you know, maybe just just pour in the birdies this week.
1: Yeah, um love that. So yeah, Cam Young, he's he was a great uh great watch last year, especially in the summer. He really got hot. He had that um nice run of the open championship. He was in contention there for a little bit towards the end. Ton of game. Um, young player, super, super fun and exciting to watch for sure. Uh, I am going with a different camp going right back to him this week. I watched him play a little bit on Thursday. Um, he, I, I just really liked what I saw out of him. He he um, showed up on the par fives this week, this past week at the Sony. Uh, so he had three Eagles uh, in between Thursday and Sunday. And I believe overall he played those two par fives at something like 10 or 11 under um, on the week. And he, and he does, he, he's volatile. You know, he, he put up a couple of big numbers here and there, which is why he wasn't, um, Closer to the top. But if he can kind of avoid those, he's got obviously tremendous upside. So I saw him at uh, 66 to one. I think he's the type of player where a win is coming um, soon. And then another guy I saw at 90 to one, actually, was Andrew Putnam, who uh, actually oh, yeah. top five last week. Oh, he's been um, playing so good. Yeah, he's been playing really well. And I just saw that that big number 90 to one. It seemed like um was a little disrespectful given how well he's been playing recently. So I think uh same thing a win is sort of uh coming for him as well.
0: Yep. I like um 50 to one. I like Adam Hadwin, uh another guy that sort of thrives on easier courses, uh great short game. I like um as sort of a longer shot, I, I hate to bring this name up on this on this, you know, podcast right here, but killer Keith killer Keith mitchell not not a great week this past week but um again another guy where I just I think you have to sort of trust the process and hope for some positive regression like his game just fits these easier sort of uh you know find a fairway tuck it close um doesn't get overwhelmed by the bombers like it fits his game so well i I'm hoping last week is an aberration and he sort of regresses back to to a little bit of the center he's at a hundred to one um. Yeah, and then I like uh, sort of as a as a sleeper pick in Survivor and a sleeper pick to to sort of win. Um, another guy that I think is pretty volatile, but another guy that I really, really love watching uh, just with a ton of game, especially a short game is pretty exciting to watch is Sahit Dugala. Um, Sort of a young stud, came on last year. I don't think he tucked, ended up tucking away a win last year, but was down the stretch and contending a bunch. I know he had a couple of collapses, but... Um, he's very exciting and, and again is great around the greens. I know we talked about that that uh, a little bit earlier how the short game may matter a little more than the putting. Um, he's at 50 to one to win outright, but another guy maybe take him as a first round leader for a round top five and and hope he hits that ceiling before he uh, inevitably makes some mistakes um, and lowers that score.
1: Yeah, so um Love those plays. Also, um, I have yeah. one talk killer, killer Keith? Yeah, broke my heart last week. Although he did, um, he missed the cut obviously, but he did actually play pretty well on Friday. He just dug himself too big of a hole on Thursday. I can't remember if he was plus three or plus four, but he ended up finishing on Friday even, so he was three or four under uh, on the second day. So showing some positive regression there. Uh, hopefully, uh, so looking to see. Hopefully, he bounces back this week. I have um. Long, long shot, two twenty-five to one. I saw um, Ben on. So, sort of continuing with this uh, recent theme of uh, success, these young uh, players from South Korea seem to be <laughs> having a lot, quite a bit of success, minus Tom Kim, of course. <laughs> um, but you know uh he he finished minus 12 last week so you know just top 15 top 20 whatever it was um and just that not you know 225 to one is just a crazy number obviously uh you know oh, a lot of things have to go right for him to win but um he's a name that sort of jumped out to me at a, at a sort of um big number there for sure
0: yeah yep yeah. and then let's get him briefly kev just talk about um you know i don't know if you got this ready but I got, again, just for survivor purposes, not to win outright, but just to just to make the cut here and go low. um, You know, I got them broken down to just, again, the chalk, uh, maybe some mid mid chalk and then some some late chalk. I really think this is a field that's so strong that stealing trying to steal one with like a super long shot may not be a great idea. If there's so many good golfers in the field, like um, maybe time to play it safe. But of the uh, of the super chalk that I already mentioned, other than Finau and Cam Young that I like, I love Patrick Patrick Cantley a lot. Um, although you can pretty much use him whenever, but just a guy who thrives at this event um, has uh, pretty routinely made the cut. It is so solid that it's pretty difficult for him to, you know, make a mistake and put himself out of it. It's just a matter of whether whether putts fall and whether he pours in enough birdies in a birdie fest to to make the the, the Sunday in this case.
1: Yeah, I like, uh, Canway has that sort of game too that we spoke about previously with guys who aren't going to get. He does not mind taking his time at all. You can see him, uh, like pre shot, he shuffles his feet about 37,000 times before he hits the ball. Yep. <laughs> so yep. he, uh, will not be, he, he's had, as you mentioned, had a lot of success in this format. Uh, doesn't mind playing with the amateur there. So, um, definitely a great play. Uh, Scheffler, probably a guy towards the top that I'm going to look at for sure this week. Uh, game is just too solid to, to ignore and he seemingly just doesn't have any holes so um seems like like a right. place like plan. to say but, it. <laughs> yeah uh, um but yeah that's pretty much what i'm looking at i would say for the most part towards the top um i had thoughts about going obviously not survivor because you can't go back to him but tom kim you know he can't can't possibly as you said have those <laughs> a bad putting week as bad as he had last week, but. You know, never say never. We'll see.
0: I was gonna say, like, we're we're talking about the top, right? I for me, this weekend is a tournament where if you want to guarantee yourself moving forward, you play Rom or Scheffler. I, I just don't understand I don't I don't foresee a way that they can play poor enough to to not make the Sunday here. There's just too many birdie opportunities. Now I say that and I hate to slap you know that type of tag on it. But they're just so, like, in, in, in even such a stacked field, they're just so head and shoulders above everybody else. It, it's a question of whether you'd like to burn them, but I hope I don't regret saying it. But they're, they're just so damn good that I, I don't know how they play poor enough. Even, even their B, C-plus game should be good enough to make the cut here. For
1: sure.
0: Yep. And then, you know, if we're talking some some mid tier, mid chalk, I already mentioned Tagala. Uh, again, great game. Hopefully he gets hot for for the you know the first three days. And then some guys that I like that are sort of low floor, uh, uh low floor, that's great, uh, high floor ball strikers. I like Tom Hoagie and I like Sam Burns too um burns always seems to to put together three strong rounds in a tournament but again just such a high floor for both of these guys they they hit fairways they hit greens um you know whether they contend to win is something different but um some guys that you should feel comfortable with uh because of their ball striking abilities making it to the sunday
1: for sure yeah a couple mid-tier guys i like um for Survivor. One guy I looked at a little bit last week, but uh, just didn't end up taking, was KH uh, Lee. So he's made his last six cuts in a row. Uh, he finished minus 10 overall last week. Uh, so top 30. Um, just been playing super solid. I think he has the game to um, to sort of fit here. And then another guy I like is um, uh, Davis Riley, who again is a big, um, hasn't spent a ton of time on the PGA Tour, but he's had a lot of success um, on the Corn Ferry and uh, super strong player as well, so he's a, another guy I will look at, sort of in that range.
0: Cool, dude! I love it. I, th- I think that pretty much does it for us. Um, again, I, I hate the coverage in this tournament, but it, like you know, let's try to let's try to all make it this week so we can get on to some of the fun, more fun tournaments. Um, you know, as we sit here tonight uh, on Monday with some of the buybacks not decided yet, we're at thirteen hundred here. We have one entry gone for good. Um, who's not going to buy back the rest. I haven't gotten a decision on. Um, and obviously you saw four of the eliminated entries are coming back. Um, so, you know, let's get some of those buybacks coming if they haven't already. And, and you know, let's get this pot growing and, and on to the, you know, the more exciting tournaments and the meat of the season.
1: For sure. And uh, a big thank you to everyone who joined, regardless of whether you choose, if you got unfortunately knocked out last week, if you don't choose to buy back in, um, Ed and I were both super pleased with the uh, the numbers that we were get able to get sort of in this uh, inaugural year. So thank you guys again, and thank you for uh, for anyone who gives the podcast a listen as well.
0: Cool. Um, I hate. I always think it's corny when people say this, but can we get a subscribe and a like and five, 10 stars and a review and all that? Like, you know, if we, you know, that'd be great. Smash that right. like, baby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> all right, man. See. All right. Peace. Later.